Yes. Awesome. So thanks again, Mahak, for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Uh, one of the core reasons why I wanted to kind of get in touch with you is kind of like me coming on to Microsoft and wanting to kind of hear your perspective and your thoughts on Microsoft since you're a PM2 there. So thanks again for taking the time. I feel like a lot of people and a lot of listeners who are going to be listening to the podcast will find your insights really helpful. Uh, just a quick introduction about me. So I'm Rakesh. I'm a new grad from the University of Michigan. I studied computer science and business there. And for the past two years, I've been working with firms in the mix of product and business roles. These firms that include larger corporate companies like Google and even smaller startups like Y Combinator, Focus, Pathrise, et cetera. Overall, I love exploring product and in my free time, I love doing MMA. What about you? Just free, uh, feel free to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, whatever you want to include. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me on. I think this is a great platform and I'm always looking to connect and um, help inspire other product managers or people who are thinking about product management. Um, I came from a pretty non-traditional background, which is really interesting. And that's something I want to emphasize to people who are listening is that um, you can really get into PM from any sort of fork that you've sort of studied. And it's really about the ingenuity and the thought process that you bring to the role as a PM versus perhaps what you studied. Um, so I came from a very non-traditional background. I've been at Microsoft for about two and a half years, and I started right out of undergrad. In undergrad, I studied um, supply chain management and information systems. And I actually didn't even know the PM role existed when I was in school. I went to school at the University of Houston and Microsoft didn't recruit at U of H. And so I wasn't even aware of the PM role. I had done most of my internships and most of my work experience surrounding supply chain. And so, you know, I was like aggressively looking for supply chain roles. And I went to the women um, or the Society of Women Engineering Conference, which is a great, great conference for several different people. If you want to get exposed to companies that don't come to your school, highly recommend it. And I went even without being an engineer because I just wanted to meet people and I wanted to show them that I was hungry and I, I had the aptitude to learn. So I went to SWE and that's where I ended up in line talking to Microsoft and um, had a great conversation with one of the people there and they pushed me into the supply chain um, path. And so after the conference, I did an interview there and then I got the full-time role and my role was within supply chain. My title was called supply chain planner. And so once I started full-time, I moved to Seattle and what I did my first year was I helped launch a series of Xbox controllers from a supply chain standpoint. So I managed all of the supply, the entire inventory strategy um, for about a year. I took in a demand signal, seeing how many units, you know, Microsoft and sales thinks we're gonna sell. And how do we support that with our global manufacturers in China? How do we make sure we're building the right amount of units, we're not overbuilding, we're managing that demand and the lead time and all of the constraints that come with getting a product out to customers. And so that was pretty cool. And believe it or not, any role that you're in, um, even if you're not a PM, it can give you some fundamental skill sets that the PM role is looking for. 
So for example, in that role, I learned a lot about data and like, like making data driven decisions. I mean, managing an inventory strategy and taking calls on, hey, I don't think we should build this much next month, or I think we should adjust our strategy like this. That was, that's a core fundamental to being a PM um, is making data driven decisions and knowing how to look at data and tell a story to kind of convince people and make decisions. That was the first thing. And then the second, second thing was just like working cross-functionally with a bunch of different teams. So I worked a lot with sales and marketing who always wanted a lot of inventory because they always think that they're going to sell as much as they can because they get paid off of commission. So the more inventory they have, the better. And then finance who wants the least amount of inventory on the books. And then I worked with a bunch of dev teams who control like actual product launch schedules from a hardware perspective when they think they're hitting all their milestones of quality and control, matching their schedules to get, you know, get, get the product ready to be released to customers. And then I worked a lot with like internal engineering teams that were building out the next set of supply chain technology uh, that I was supposed to be using and I didn't realize it then but again something that's super key to being a PM is mastering or honing that skill of working cross-functionally with a bunch of different teams and also managing and ironing out those dependencies so this if you really think about it can be done in a lot of different roles and if you're like oh my god I really want to reach this North Star of being a PM but I'm not exactly working on a tech product or I'm not exactly you know working with engineers day in and day out it's totally fine because the two skills that i mentioned are prevalent in a lot of roles right now in different corporations and you just have to be able to figure out how to you know pronounce that in an interview and how to hone in on that so I did that for about a year and then I figured out, oh my gosh, there's this PM role and this is super interesting and I can leverage some of my MIS background. And I was thinking of building my vision board of where I wanted to be at Microsoft. And I always wanted to be on sort of like this end customer facing role, something that had to do with collaboration, something that brings people together because that's something that's core to who I am. And Teams was just, you know, getting released at Microsoft at that time. We were doing our internal migration from Skype to Teams. And I was like, wow, this is totally the type of product I can see myself being on. Um, but it was a little bit far stretched given like where the role I was currently in. So I kind of had to be strategic and think about, well, how do I kind of find a middle ground where I can get the PM title, the PM role, while leveraging some of my skills and not doing a complete 360. And that's another piece of advice I'd give people is, Anytime you're making a career move, think about making it one step at a time. And it might be like frustrating because you're like, I really want to end up at point C. But sometimes it's the journey and the steps that you take along the way that build you to be the great PM that you, you can be. And so I wasn't able to land initially on teams. But what I did was I moved into a team called supply chain engineering. That was that team I was talking about that builds all of the internal tech for supply chain professionals and teams at Microsoft. And so I moved into that role, still like leveraging all of my domain expertise in supply chain, but working to build the core fundamental skill set of a PM. And so, yeah, I did that for a year and I um, was able to land the PM title. Uh, although my customers were internal, I still learned a lot about, you know, how do you work with several different dev teams how do you you know do demos how do you do customer interviews 
all of that sort of stuff. And I started seeing slowly, I was building the building blocks to become, you know, a, a quote unquote product PM. Um, and so I did that for about a year and a half, did several projects on that team. And I was like, okay, now I think I'm ready to go back and interview with some of these product teams and teams being one of them. And I started looking like back in July. So about a year into the role and Microsoft's pretty good about you kind of building a career and trying different things within the company. So I don't think it's taboo at all to move around within the company. But back in July, I started looking and I interviewed with a bunch of different teams, uh, Azure as well, teams included, and I got rejected from everything left and right. I think I did like six interviews um, internally and I got rejected and I was just like, you know what, I just got to keep going. Like I got to, you know, figure out how I can do well in my current role. If I'm not able to get exactly what I want, let me talk to my LT and see, are there more projects that I can do where I can leverage UX and UI, even though my team was internal facing. I was asking all these questions to make the best of my current situation, but still not giving up on that North Star. And finally, I landed teams in October. So I've been I'm very, very new on the team. And right now what my team does is where the entire client facing side to teams. So I work on the desktop team and I specifically work on um, meetings. So anything to do with meetings, meeting chat, as well as channel meetings and all of that good stuff. So it's exactly what I want to do. I'm learning a lot. And yeah, it's it's been super exciting. I think my message to people who are listening, and sorry if this is too drawn out, is it is okay to embrace the journey. You know, it is okay to figure things out along the way. I would say find a good support system, find good mentors that you can talk to and really lean on them and kind of ask them the right questions. Find people in the fields or the roles that you wanna do. Find a PM mentor and know that it's okay if you come from a non-traditional background. You can pick up skills along the way and look at what you're doing in your current roles and see how it aligns to like this whole product management ideology, which I talked about, which is being very data-driven, being customer-obsessed, generating clarity, working with different teams, cross-collaborating. I think those are the crux of it. Everything else can kind of be layered on top. Your skill sets in UX and UI, your skill sets in a technical area can all be kind of layered on top, but the fundamentals you can really build in any role. That is such an inspiring story, Mike. Thank you so much for walking through that. And thank you. I think the listeners will get a lot of things from this story. One of the things that I really want to kind of dive a little bit deeper into is your persistence, even though you kind of failed those six interviews. You kept being proactive, you kept thinking about where you could improve and you kept going after it. I think that's something with a lot of people struggle with. A lot of my friends who didn't study directly into computer science or business, or maybe took maybe a literature background or maybe a biological background, had a lot of trouble and confusion about whether PM was something of a good career shift for them. And they often tested themselves about how they kind of dive into that diverging sector, which is more business and technically driven. And I really like how you took it one step at a time. I think that that's where a lot of people feel really, I would say, intimidated, as well as kind of hesitant by. Can you, what more advice would you share to the students who are looking for that career change or looking for that extra bit of motivation, just like you did in face of the failure, and keep like pushing on with the persistence? What would you say to them? 
I think the biggest advice that I can give you is to look at your career as a long-term play. Like a career is like 30 years. It doesn't have to be achieved tomorrow. It's great if it is, but it doesn't have to be. And part of your story and what makes you unique is the journey that you take to figure out where you want to go. You know, and things change along the way. Like throughout the entire time in college, I was like, I want to work in supply chain for like a consumer facing product. That's exactly what I wanted to do. I got there and I realized, hey, like this isn't like I thought I wanted this. And now that I'm actually in it, these are the things that I like and these are the things that I don't like. And like, let me think about where I can leverage more of my strengths and more of my superpowers. Maybe my superpower isn't, you know, working a ton in Excel spreadsheets and coming up with a bunch of numbers for how much we should build. Maybe it's more of like managing dependencies and like really understanding like people's needs and like what they're looking for. So how can I leverage that strength and take it one step further? And I think that's something that you have to realize is sometimes your likes and wants and needs change and you have to kind of be adaptable and realize that it's a long-term play and you're not going to get everything you want the next day. So I think if you have that, that, you know, long-term vision in mind, you're not going to be upset if, you know, you spend a year and perhaps something that you don't exactly 100% like, but you're still learning a lot from. And so that would be my biggest advice is look at it as a long-term play. And you do have to be pretty strategic, you know, especially if it's um, a little bit of a skill set gap, meaning it's not, you know, straightforward shoot, you fit in a box for this role. Sometimes you do have to take many steps. Sometimes you have to take a vert, uh, um, a horizontal step, you know, instead of maybe getting promoted, you might, you know, move here and there a little to kind of learn some skills and go a little bit horizontal. And all of that is fine. Um, and I think the Second thing I'd say is like really talk to your manager about like where your career ambitions are and where they're heading. And hopefully if they're a good manager, they should be supportive. They should be able to like let you leverage their network or put you in projects that sort of align with what you're looking for. Um, if you feel like, darn, I don't really have that relationship with my manager, then it's on you to either, you know, see if you can develop that or if you feel like that's not really like kind of a lost cause, then go find a mentor and that's completely in your control. You know, go leverage LinkedIn, go leverage any social media platform. People love talking about themselves. They love sharing about their journey. Go find someone. Worst comes to worst, find a career coach, right? Sometimes it's an investment that you have to pay money for. Um, find a career coach uh, that can actually strategically coach you on how to get to where you want to be. I think it's all possible. I think anything and everything is possible. Um, I think when you get rejected five or six times, it kind of beats you down a little. And that's where you want to have a couple people in your life that are good support systems that can say, hey, you have to keep going. Like there was a there was a couple moments where I was like, oh my God, maybe I'm like not good enough to be a PM. And then I had to reframe my thought and be like, hey, if I already got to Microsoft, which is very competitive, yeah, you know, like things don't come easy. You have to work for them and have either your a good framework that you can remind yourself that of that or have people in your life that are aware of your goals that can kind of re-motivate you when needed. So those would be my three pieces of advice. Just to summarize, I would say look at your career as a long-term play and that should relieve a little bit of stress. Think about what you can learn in each step of the way 
have really frank conversations with your manager or mentors or career coaches about where you want to be because it's all about your network. It's all about learning from people who are already doing what you want to do. And then the third thing I'd be, I would say is like, try not to lose that motivation. And if you do figure out ways that you can get motivated again, whether it's thinking about things that you've achieved in the past, whether it's looking, looking at inspiring videos or talking to people, you have to reinstill that motivation because I'll say it again and again, nothing, nothing good comes easy. And if you think it is, then you're not looking deep enough because people a lot of times won't talk about their failures, which is unfortunate. I think we live in a world where people want to portray a perfect life. Nothing good comes easy, even for the people who graduated from the best schools, who had recruiters at their career fairs, nothing comes easy. And that would be my final piece of advice. Well, you just dive so deep into the second question that I just want to keep diving deeper. Originally, we planned a structure and how to think about business models and your favorite products, but I feel like I just want to stick to question number two with you. Is that fine? Oh yeah, that works. Yep. Um, so what suggestions do you have for students on their interview tools? By interview tools, I mean, okay, so they know that they have to persist, they know how to kind of take use of opportunities, but what other details like what preparation resources or what things do you think they must do on themselves or for their own instead of like depending on the mentors uh, what are they really accountable for yeah that's a good question so i'll kind of break up this question number one is whatever role that you're in right now try and do really really well at it no matter even if you love it you don't love it as much try and do really really well in your current role because you want to be able to um, leverage some of those stories in your next interview and also um, you want to be able to just hone in on the skill sets that you have in your current role and be really good at it. So that's like in your control, whatever you're doing, try to excel in it. And whatever the gaps are that you feel, constantly ask your manager for feedback and say, hey, like, where am I gapping? And try to improve on those gaps. Because that sort of persistence, anybody would want to hire that, that type of person, someone who was really killing it in their previous role, who took in feedback and iterated and improved. That sort of character is fundamental for anybody who's hiring, right? Um, that would be like my one piece of advice. The second thing I would say is get educated yourself on what the PM role looks like. There's a ton of resources and books out there um, that you can self-learn. You know, go look at Cracking the PM Interview, several other books. You know, go read different blogs. There's so many blogs on Medium where people who work at these companies talk about what day in the life is. Leverage YouTube. People make videos on YouTube all the time. Third thing is to really figure out like where you want to be. Like, do you want to be on a B2B product that's enterprise? Do you want to be consumer facing? What sort of technology interests you? What type of products out there excite you? And then go learn a little bit about those products and kind of get a little bit deeper on those products and those spaces because I think that's what really makes someone stand out is that, you know, if you're interviewing for a company, let's say, let's say Instagram or Teams, that you've done your research, you've looked at the roadmap, like at least for Teams, the roadmap is published publicly. Um, you understand what's happening in the competitor space. You've looked up a little bit about Zoom and Google Hangouts and Slack, and you kind of understand why, right? Like wh what is Teams doing? What could they be doing better? Same for any other product. 
So um, yeah, three things I'd say is um, figure out what type of area or product that you're interested in and just do some like some deep diving in it. The second thing I'd say is go and self-learn. Again, there's so many resources out there. There's LinkedIn Learning, there's uh, Pluralsight, there's Udemy, and these courses are like 10, 15 bucks. You know, LinkedIn Learning is again an investment in yourself. Um, lots of other resources and books about product management, blogs that you can read. The deeper you 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 get into it the more you'll realize there's a slew of resources and you're not going to be able to figure out what to look at and what not to look at there's so much out there and then the third I'd say is get good at what you're currently doing and try to get better on the areas that you're you're feeling like you could or your manager saying you could get better because that core characteristic and that core muscle is usable for anything in life got it thank you so much for sharing all that I think the students will love it and one quick thing, is it okay if I include any personal link to your website or LinkedIn for students to reach out in case they want to ask me any questions? Absolutely. I'd love to help out as in any way possible. Awesome. Thanks. I'll go and do that in the podcast. And just for next steps, I do have a hard start, but I do want to thank you again for taking the time. I'll just kind of go over the episode, make sure it's perfect. I'll, before launching it, I'll send it out to you. Just make sure that you find it okay. And once you give us a green light, we'll push live. That's so amazing. Yeah, I really enjoyed this, Rakesh. Let me know if there's any other opportunities or if there are any other platforms where I can help students, either like in your network or through like your listeners. I'm really, really passionate, and I have a good group of people that I think would also be interested in doing that um so yeah like if there are any other future opportunities round two of the podcast anything i can help with like please let me know definitely i would love to bring you on for another round two perhaps in about uh, once i run a few more episodes i'll reach out to you and i'd love to dive a little bit deeper in some other topics that we didn't cover today but i just love today's conversation so much i didn't want to kind of deviate from the whole student focus but thanks again Malhe. i appreciate it Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to listen to it and share it out.